After back-to-back deadly scrapes, the heroes healed their wounds with deep and wary breaths, and they headed back deeper below to explore the unexplored and be sure their backs were covered. Seeking the way into the room below the eerie surgical room above, they found what once would have been a horrifying dissection chamber, but it had been picked spotlessly clean by their next foe, a duo of ochre jellies. Learning quickly what to do and forcing the mindless oozes into a choke point, the heroes were able to grab their first smooth victory in some time and retrieving some valuable booty to boot. But the good times were not to last as they ventured further forward and discovered a most grotesquely warped creature stricken with a level of fear beyond imagining. And while Tulak tried to calm it and reason with it, it struck out like a cornered animal, nearly taking Azori and Kraka simultaneously. Tulak attempted to end its misery, but it did not succumb to his power, and the heroes retreated once again as the creature moaned and wept uncontrollably behind them. Hello there, creatures and denizens of the North. James here with a favor to ask of you. We want you to go out and tell a friend about one of our shows. Word of mouth is so important for a burgeoning network like ours, and each and every one of you can help us grow just by mentioning one of our shows to a friend, a game master, or someone on the street with a cool shirt. We'd also like to remind you that we've got a free public Discord where some of our most dedicated fans hang out at unchartednorth.com backslash Discord, and we'd love to hear from you. And if you really like what we do, you can help us create these shows and get some cool rewards in the process at patreon.com backslash unchartednorth. That's it. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. So I am uh, someone who generally prefers uh, in some to some capacity uh, to take a, a sort of trial by fire approach to just like really like like learning a new job or working in a new space something like that because I kind of learned a, like whatever I do know has always been a little bit in that direction and has less has a lot less been about preparation. I'm not very good at at preparation. I'm not a very good studier or note taker and so on and so forth. So I was uh wondering um uh if anyone here has any fun stories about learning something trial by fire or if they have any stories about 
learning uh, something or uh, having done lots of preparation and you arrive and you're like surprised at how much that that helped you in the situation you're in. Uh, I'll, I'll give a quick example um, for myself. The trial by fire for me, especially in my profession, came from the first time I uh, really had a serving position of some kind. It was at the dinner theater that uh, the dinner theater that I worked at uh, years ago, and I was working in a kitchen at the time, and I was supposed to move to serving, and I never did. Uh, but when I auditioned for the dinner theater, I told them I was supposed to. And then somewhere in the mix of just being really busy and doing all the rehearsals was my first production. And I was very nervous. We kind of forgot to retouch on that situation. And so the very first performance that I did there, I also had to serve a, a large table, banquet table of 30 people. And I had never served anyone in my entire life. So I just bit the bullet and did it and did the show and sang and did all the things. And it was, I'm sure it wasn't good, but that is basically how I learned. And it wasn't till like, you know, a month in or two months later that it came out that I was like, I actually didn't have any experience. And they were like, shit, you should have told us, but I guess it's fine now. Uh, and ever since it's kind of been my, my strategy. Every time I knew I go to a new space in the service industry or hospitality, I just say, just throw me in and I'll ask questions and we'll figure it out. Uh, and that's kind of been my mode for a very long time. Um, I don't really have much of the way of preparation <laughs> examples. Uh, so what you're saying is your MO is show up completely unprepared, lob yourself in there, and then just start asking <laughs> questions when you inevitably start to drown? Uh, I mean, it's yes and no. It's it's easy to uh, easy to put it that way, but I guess I've consistently worked in the same industry, just with different different uh, styles of food and, and drink and stuff like that. So you always retain some of the stuff you've used along the way. So you're not always going in totally blind. You have some good habits established, but uh, uh, but generally, yeah. Like if I'm if I'm about to go work at a a wine bar, um, I'm I'm not really studying my wine. <laughs> Like go in. <laughs> I think that's a service industry thing, though. If you thrive on the pressure yeah. of something like the service industry, you kind of thrive on those new experiences. And I've kind of taken that with me because like my first job was the kitchen as well. And uh, mm. yeah, every job I go to has since I kind of like remember that rush that used to be like stress dreams. But now I just very fondly of like the chip printer hitting, hitting the floor. On oh, a supper yeah. rush. Yeah. And then it's just like, <laughs> oh, it's go time, I guess. And I kind of carried that like that little bit of an adrenaline rush into uh, all my other stuff. So even like a job that I have now that I have to go in with the calmer head, a lot of it is that same kind of, oh, problem has happened. I have to channel this energy into a productive way to fix it. And I have to find the solutions on my feet to get there. And uh, yeah, I think uh, that's the only way we're similar, Baron, that one, one way. <laughs> it's the only thing we got in common. <laughs> Uh, I mean, pretty much, I think, I mean, everyone here has worked in the service industry in some capacity, so I'm sure they can all relate. Uh, Scott or James, do you have anything to add to this conversation? Well, I do, but I'm going out to left field with this one, baby, mm -hmm. because this is just a little hot stock tip for every single person <laughs> listening and you guys. Uncharted North does not endorse any of Scott's stock tips. <laughs> I flew a plane once. Ooh. And the way that I flew the plane is I basically just signed up for an introductory lesson at the local flying club, which was in Victoria at the time. Yeah. Best $80 I ever spent. You roll in there. First of all, 
I suggest listening to Danger Zone really loud on the way in. Do this during the summer. Windows <laughs> open. Get yourself in the mood, you know? Yeah. Then you show up. You get a half hour on the tarmac with the tra- like the uh, the trainer. And me, having played a lot of video games, I like kind of knew the breakdown of the plane and how things worked. And we were shooting the shit. And he's like, all right, let's just cut this down. And we'll spend some more time in the sky. So it's supposed to be half an hour, half an hour. So we did about 15 minutes, 45. Nice. We hop in this tiny little two-seater Cessna. He takes it off. The second steering wheel right in front of me. And he just takes his hand off the fucking controller. And he's just like, let her rip. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's just like, he's like, you're flying now. You are in charge. So irresponsible. And so I just grabbed the controls and just started flying. And he's, you know, I played a shit ton of video games all sorts of stuff. So I kind of had like an idea of how it worked and it worked exactly like that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, fly me over downtown, do a little loop, mm-hmm. show me where you live. And then we sh- flew to my house. He's like, Oh, I can't really see like, you know, turn the plane a little bit so I can look down. And so I like did. And he's like, not enough. And he grabbed his wheel and really reefed on it. So we went like way over and I'm like, Whoa! Oh, and clearly he just does this to everyone. Oh, that's terrifying. And then we just flew back to the air, the airport and then he took control and just landed it, which I think I could have fucking landed that. Thing. No, no instruction. I'm fucking telling you. All you do is slow James down and keep right it now. straight. Yeah, right. Dude. It's, he did, it's like, not that simple. It, it, is, <laughs> it isn't hard. Like, I mean, maybe a plane is harder. I've flown gliders and stuff like that with the air cadets. And landing them is, is very easy. So I have no doubt that you could have done it. He did two things. Yeah. Slow down, keep straight. Yeah. I, I, that's yeah. awesome. All you got to do is one thing, not crash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Listeners, find your so local flying simple. club, pay the 80 bucks or whatever it is, get your intro lesson, and fucking thank me later by being a Patreon subscriber. <laughs> we got to have a tier to make your life insurance beneficiary the uh, Patreon subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James, tell us about how you've prepared for everything in your life. <laughs> uh, I've prepared for everything in my life. <laughs> Even this question, he is pulling out a list right now. <laughs> uh, so as a kid, I was um, I was pretty impetuous, and I, I never did like well in school until I realized that it wasn't me, it was the teachers and the program, um, which sounds like passing the buck, but as soon as I stopped going to class and just reading the textbook, I started like acing exams and tests and stuff like that, because it's that environment doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, so as soon as I figured out what did work for me, I started preparing for like anything, if it can be prepared for, um, I would rather take, you know, five minutes before something starts and, and, you know, do a little bit of cursory knowledge or research, uh, if I can. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it works out really well. Like, uh, for the listeners, I got into computers in 2019, like, like got Mm. back into it. So the whole industry had changed. Everything had changed. Uh, I was a Mac user for like almost 12 years. So I watched a lot of videos. I did a lot of research. I took my time. I bought all the parts. And I have a lovely computer that I enjoy, as well as uh, a server rack next to me full of everything we used to run this network, as well as my own stuff. And that happened very quickly, but it happened quickly due to the four research that I had done ahead of time. Same with this podcast. I had done all the research and the prep work. Uh, well, not this one in particular, but encounter this. And when we were ready, when we had the concept, we had 
our first episode recorded in a week. Like it, it, because I, I knew how to do it, what I wanted to do and, and how to produce it and get it done. And I improvisationally just rode that wave that James created yeah. for us. <laughs> yeah, so that was due to years of research. So I bought yeah. my mixer um, a full five years before we ever produced anything. I bought my microphone a full three years before we ever produced anything. Because I knew it's, it's something I wanted to do. Mm. So that preparation always pays off. But there are certain very specific times in my life where preparation just never seems to pay off. Mm. And it's one, anytime I run a TTRPG, prep is helpful, but it is not nearly as valuable as anybody makes you think it is. Like you can (laughs) free ball your way through a session of 5e and I have on almost every time we played. Like (laughs) I I can count on two hands how many of the 300 sessions we played where you actually followed what I thought you were going to do and I didn't (laughs) just have to make up the entire session whole cloth. Uh, and the other time is social engagements. Um, I don't think there's any value realistically in preparing for a social engagement, like you know, going to a party or, or meeting a friend at the bar. Like, I have I have friends and companions who will like um, like come with uh, here here are my talking points. You know, here's how I make friends, and that's beautiful if it works for you. Uh, all the power to you. Wh- whatever it takes to to engage with human beings on their level is is very important. Um, but anytime I ever do it, it blows up in my face spectacularly. <laughs> so I just don't anymore. <laughs> I don't know how I would. I don't know how one prepares for a social engagement. I don't. I well, don't if know. you're gonna go ice skating, hot another hot stock tip for you: <laughs> go ice skating then the week or night before, and then pretend like you never did it <laughs> when you're good. <laughs> just get that little extra practice. In. Okay. That's, right. that's, yeah, that's and, and then you just say like, "Oh, I haven't been on skates in like eight years." <laughs> just Doing backwards crossovers the on these bitches, <laughs> dunking on people. Yeah. <laughs> toe, motherfucker. If we want to go to where I am with the pre- preparation right now, when things, I just remembered where we are in this uh, adventure and why the segue is going to be what this intro banter was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh I mean there 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 are a lot of fights in this adventure that you are going to go into unprepared. The vast majority of them. However, through the uh the uh benevolence of myself, <laughs> the benevolence of the barn, I have uh bestowed upon you the option to do some advanced preparation. And in some cases you've not put that yet that, that to use. <laughs> Uh, in particular, you are uh, you are you have been for quite some time uh, fighting in the flesh la- uh, flesh warp laboratories level and have not once bothered to research research flesh warps. <laughs> okay, and you okay, just got your okay. ass handed to you by one. <laughs> well, so in Scott and Duncan's defense, uh, yeah. Izori's brand new here, and she is all about just like getting in there and killing shit. Like she's here for vengeance. But in your so, own defense, via Lady Gilda, <laughs> that still hurts. Um. Also, I want to step in on the fuck you barn train because (laughs) we were under a 48 hour time schedule. And (laughs) during that time, you fucking threw the full moon at us, you son of a bitch. No, that's true. That's true. And then you're like, oh, you didn't do any research over the last 48 hours. I I don't mind. I don't really mind that you didn't do any. 
Uh, I'm just saying it's nipped. You just want to call us out in front of the listeners. That's all you want. <laughs> like I'm never called out in front of the listeners. Burning down the barn. Burning down the barn. I think it's more the listeners calling you out than and us calling I, you out. And in front I quote, of the I want to jump yeah, on yeah. the fuck you barn train. Scott Barber. <laughs> That's right. Is that a call out or a statement of intent? Uh, I think it's a merch idea, <laughs> what it is. <laughs> And this train ain't stopping. <laughs> now, to be fair, I will be uh, uh, for me bringing, bringing this up actually comes from uh, the fact that, like I don't think you guys really I, don't, I can't recall if you actually recalled knowledge on this creature. I think you did because uh, I think you discovered that it is a flesh warp of an elf. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, but I don't know did. how much information I gave you beyond that. Uh, quite a bit. So we know that it is a cruel and humiliating flesh warp. Happens mm-hmm. only when you try it with an elf. Uh, Drow loves these things. It mm-hmm. is permanently frightened. This one is permanently frightened too. Yep. Its highest save is fortitude. It has no immunities, resistance, weaknesses. It has dark vision, fearful curse, mind lash, uh, non-evil, or will save or stun too, and the pseudopods of a 20-foot reach. So we okay. did recall knowledge on it All for right. sure. So the, reason, the reason this came to mind is because of a particular thing that I, I'm sure I revealed uh, on the fly if not in your the recall knowledge check but the mind lash as that that shit really fucked you up but after attempting the save you were temporarily immune for 24 hours which means two of the three of you right now um as beat up as you are effectively have an advantage against this creature unless uh, so long as you uh, entered into that room again and try to take it on um it still hits like a beast and has lots of reach there's no doubt about that uh, but that's just the sort of thing that comes to mind. It's like, oh, had you done some advanced research uh, on flesh warping? And I have it set up in the in the research similar to the will o Wisps, where you have multiple options to research specific uh, creatures under that category. Um, you could get that stat block ahead of time and, and try to understand it um, and go in prepared. Why don't you just tell us what's the next floor down, what creatures are going to be there, okay. and then we'll research that. Sure. And okay. Belcora's um, evil plan in its entirety. <laughs> We know her evil plan in its entirety. It's to burn Absalom to the ground. <laughs> More of a details guy. The next floor down is nothing but roided up mitflits. Enjoy. Mm. I thought that was this floor. <laughs> Some swole mitflits, eh? Mm, yeah. A bunch of Joe Rogans down there. <laughs> okay. Let's fucking do this, boys. <laughs> So yeah, what's the plan? You've you've just uh, backed your way out of the conflict with this uh, uh, Urna curse, it's called, and uh, Izori and Kruka are looking rough. Yep. So some healing is in order. Okay. As they come out, Tulak quickly shuts the door behind them because he was the first one out of the room. I do believe. I do declare. Yeah. The average damage of this thing was throwing around was twenty. I got hit three times for seventeen, nineteen, and twenty-three. So yeah, yeah, I had this storm of tentacles ability. I can't remember if I used it or not, but um, <laughs> it's got one. Yeah, it's brutal. Hey, what ancestry is uh, Azori again? She's human. Okay, so as Tulak closes those doors, he is kind of visibly rattled by this thing. And he's, I can't believe that someone would do that to a creature. I understand the flesh warping to harness the power and make their soldiers stronger, but 
so sick and disgusting. Just the pure hatred that would cause someone to do that to a creature because of their background, because they're an elf. And he, as you know, is a half-elf. And so he is just kind of shaking with rage. Yeah, if I remember correctly, your mother is an elf? Your father's a half-elf? Or a human? Father is full hume. Hmm. We all know how that relationship's going to end. Yeah. Well, on the plus side, I just rolled a two for treat wounds, so uh, I can't do anything for at least an hour. Okay, so how would you like to hold a compass and go nowhere in particular with it? I got one. If we wait an hour, I'll be pretty much at health, at full health. Okay, yeah. Kruk is down like by 76, so he just rolled uh, a crit on one heal, but uh, he's still going to need more than that. Two lock turns, so he says, come, let's go to the green room. There's couches and areas to lay down in there while we recover. And then we'll decide what to do next. <laughs> Forgot about the green room. <laughs> You're right next to the tavern. Uh, I could right, go over so, uh, I heard they have only green M&Ms. <laughs> I have been craving craft services. You get in there and they're all brown M&Ms? I'm colorblind anyways. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You did not put that into your character submission, Duncan. <laughs> We gotta we gotta retcon a whole bunch of shit. Oh no. Uh okay, so if we wait fifty minutes after Kruka's first heal, he will be fully healed. I'm gonna have to wait sixty-one. So that's an eleven minutes I don't get. I've so, moved but... the clock ahead an hour. <laughs> okay. Uh next time we're in town, I wanna get one of these fucking spindles. I know they won't have one, but I'm putting the order out because <laughs> Jealous. Should have done that long time ago. <laughs> you can see it. Whatever, Barn, because originally I, okay, full disclosure, originally I was like, that's kind of cheap, but then now that everyone has one, I'm jealous. <laughs> say, if there's anything you and James have in common, it is like sell, like holding yourself back on, for, on the principle. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'm going to do worse on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Feels like cheating. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Wayfinder compasses are only available to Pathfinders, so mm-hmm. it would be very difficult to actually purchase one. I wrote, I had to write mine into my backstory. Yeah, so yeah, that's the thing is the, the Pearly White Anstone doesn't give you the healing unless you have the resident power of it, right? And you don't get the resident power of it unless under certain circumstances. I, I did oh, you can invest in it. Right. It's just floating around your head. Um, right. So yeah. we, we can get him a, a spindle as long as he doesn't want to come. I mean, we can get him a compass. I'm sure there's some on the black market. But mm-hmm. Spindle's fine because literally right now I have an inert Aeon stone that does absolutely shit all floating around my head other than the fact I put my light on it. So Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was I was wrong. The resident power is the, the negative uh, damage resistance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you could just get it and have it spin around. Yeah, they're only 60 gold. Like, it's mm. it's worth every penny. You guys give it a rest in the green room, and uh, yeah, you gonna go back in and start trying to fight this thing, or what? Say we have to go back on after intermission. So <laughs> honestly, the thing makes me sad, and I don't really want to kill it. I didn't either, but it got the drop on me, so I'm down for destroying it <laughs> Out for vengeance again. I love Azori. <laughs> I can't wait for her to go on a rant someday. <laughs> I'm here for it. 
I mean, to be fair, though, you, you feel bad for it, but, like, surely it's a mercy killing. I don't know if Tulak feels that way, but... Is that the... Have we searched everywhere else on this floor that we know of? Yeah, as far as you could tell, uh, the only... Yeah, you haven't gone down this way, uh, which is the southwest of the map. Uh, you've looked at the arena and stuff like that, but you just haven't been to that side of where the doors are in the arena it, uh, floor itself. So you, you don't know what's quite around that that corner. And the only other place you definitely haven't actually been was go in. You went into the caves at, at the north. But you did not explore them where, you know, uh, where there's like this small, like almost lake inside the caves. And, you know, there's a creature inside there that killed those uh, little Gibtis uh, uh, bounder creatures. Um, you have not gone in there physically, but that's it. So Tulak with a sad look in his eyes turns to his companions after they've been resting for a while. And says, what do you think? Should we put this creature out of its misery? It makes me incredibly sad. Maybe it's better off dead. Although, it makes my heart hurt. What do you say? There will be very few things we find down here that I think will be worthy of life on the surface if we are going to cleanse this unholy location. Perhaps we should cleanse this unholy location. And I know a wise warrior once said, you generally have a good plan until you get punched in the mouth. I'm <laughs> furious I got beat. Let's kill this thing. <laughs> wise words and direct words from both of you. I appreciate your counsel and I agree. Let's go take this thing out of its misery. Missouri draws her rapier. I'm scared this is going to turn into another slaughter. Let's go. <laughs> All right, so you head back to these double doors to the room you know this creature is in. What is the plan when you bust those doors open? I'm going to start with a phase bolt. <laughs> oh, while we're walking back... Uh, Krakow would like to affix one of the Bloodseeker beaks to his butchering axe. Heck yeah, use those talismans when you got them. Uh, well, when we get to the door, before we open it, Izori is going to cast Blur on Krakow. Okay, casting Blur. How long does that last? One minute. Okay, so you can cast that just before cracking that door, essentially, and running in. Make sure you... Oh, read over Bloodseeker Beak there, Krekka, and it's a uh, trigger. Yep. Uh, an activation. And sorry, did we determine if this thing had any weaknesses? Uh, it has none. No resistances, no weaknesses, no immunities. Okay. Just try to kill it before it kills us. It's got lots of reach. It's got attack of opportunity. It can rend you, which is brutal. It can throw a bunch of tentacles all at once at everyone in the room. That mine lash, uh, I think uh, Tulak's the only one that might be vulnerable to it right now. And that's what, if it hits you with the tentacle at all. Yeah, so with Blur Kruga, they're going to need to succeed at a DC5 flat check just to target you. So that means i got to make two rolls, which is great. Okay. Tulak will be casting Animate Dead at third level when the doors are open. Skeletal champion, if you want to know. <laughs> um, I'm going to let you all crack that door open, and then we're going to roll for initiative. That's how we're going to do. 
So double double burst open the door with a kick. And let's initiative. Let's initiate. Since I was preparing a spell, I'd like to use my occultism. Uh sure. Why not? Me too. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> That's a twenty-two for Azori. <laughs> and Krukka? Thirty. Two lock? Woo! Twenty-four. Okay. Krukka is at the top of the order. Okay. That is a good time to fly into a rage right away, and let's just see what happens. Uh, rage. Rage and their classic sudden charge. Okay. Classic sudden charge. You will be uh, taking an attack of opportunity on your charge in. Yep. As you enter and leave a threatened square. And that is going to be a 31 to hit. It's uh, it's be 16 slashing damage. Okay. Flat check. Flat check from the ah. blur. Uh, I mean, did uh, yeah, you did before. Yeah, you said um, two. <laughs> that's a that's a miss, isn't it? Yeah, pretty <laughs> concealed two. right now. I think. <laughs> Thank Gives you. Me the thumbs up. Good. Um, Okay, that's a miss. Brutal. Yeah, it's DC5. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, what do you got there, Crux? So striking with the butchering axe, a 26 to hit. That is a meat to beat currently. Fucking suck it, Byron. <laughs> and get these in early because this could go anyway. Uh, 25 yep. damage, 17 slashing, 8 fire. Nice. Okay, good hit. That's your turn. Two lock. You are casting Skeletal Champion. You got that right. Place it where you would like it to appear. This random skeleton comes out from underneath the arse of the Urna curse. <laughs> oh, have I been sitting on you this whole time? Okay, uh, flanking is not possible, so I'm just going to drop him directly below Krekka to the east of this bastard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he is going to strike out with his longsword. Okay. Natty... Fucking twenty for a thirty to hit. Yes. Oh, no, that's a that's a crit. That's a crit. Yeah, holy shit! Skeletal champion for the win. Not the best damage, but twenty points of slashing damage. Nothing to scoff at. And then at. he will raise his shield. Okay, shield raised. Zori, what can you bring to the table? Zori will stride into the room, so she's within 30 feet of this creature, and with her next two actions, she's just going to let off a phase bolt, because it essentially ignores cover. Okay, so the soft cover here from... Uh... Yeah, so when when I say essentially, it uh, reduces the cover by two. Okay, by like two steps or whatever? By two points. Uh, as in... Uh, reduce the bonus... That bonus by two. Okay, so if it gets an AC bonus of two or more, it's reduced by two. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, so yeah, it negates it effectively right now. That is a 29 to hit. That hits. Uh, that is 12 points of piercing. 12 piercing. All right. All right. Making a dent here. Very good. Uh, that's your turn? Yep. Step and phase. Okay. That is going to bring it to Laerna Curse's turn. Uh, who is now going to let out, now that you've entered a really close space to this creature, it is going to let out a soul scream. 
Uh, it's a ten-foot emanation, uh, and it targets all non-evil creatures. Uh, and I need uh, all non-evil creatures to in that emanation to make a will save. Does this affect the skeletal champion? Uh, Does it have the mental trait? It does have the mental trait, but the skeletal champion is not technically immune to mental. Um, it is technically have its own. Usually has its, its own neutral alignment. evil. Yeah, but is it when you're when it's a summoned creature? I, I would I would assume that it takes on any alignment that the, of the summoner or the caster. It's still evil. I'm just telling it what to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, Kraka, roll me a well save. Sixteen. Sixteen. Um, okay, that is a uh, that's a yeah, critical failure. Uh, <laughs> and you my big you are going up. to be uh, stupefied one. Used to that. Uh, oh no, sorry, stupefied two. That's it. That's all you are. Stupefied two. Uh, so we can kind of hand, uh, hand wave the skeletal champion one because even if that were true, I don't think it's going to affect the skeletal champion unless it's, unless it affects its will saves. But I think we're all right for now. And then a a jaws attack is going to come out at Krukka, who just hit this thing real hard for a thirty to hit. That hits. Flat check coming in. <laughs> Nine. Ooh, that that hits. Yeah. Oh, okay, that hits. Uh, and that's going to be 17 piercing on your Krukka. Okay. It's only DC 5. Blur? Okay. And that's its turn. Up to you, Krukka, again. Okay. And stupefied. Stupefied just affects your mental stats, your intelligence, wisdom, and charisma, oh, and your spellcasting. As uh, somebody in a rage right now, not really. <laughs> uh, matters. Not yeah. Huge. <laughs> So I didn't would... really mean to go easy on you on that one. I just was that—that that was the trigger in my head. You get yeah. in close, it's going to scream at you. Why don't you hit me with some fortitude saves, and I'll slap you with a juggernaut. <laughs> Striking with the butchering axe for a twenty-six to hit. Uh, meet to beat. Twenty-one damage. Uh, eight fire. Uh, okay. Cool. Uh, second action. I'd like to change the grip on. His uh, butchering axe and attempt a trip. Uh, okay, so taking a hand off is free. So second action is attempt a trip. That has your map minus five. Yep. Uh, with uh, athletics versus my reflex, I believe. Yeah, uh, fifteen. That's not good. Six on the die. No, not going to do it. That is a fail. Okay. And is it worth trying to walk away with? so much reach on this stupid thing. 20 feet. Oh, actually, it's a... Um, sorry, that's a critical fail on the trip. Oh, what's that mean? Oh, no. Which means something. <laughs> I'm afraid. It means he gets tripped. <laughs> I believe you're going to fall prone, if I remember correctly. <laughs> that is correct. Okay, well, uh, that makes my third action a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so trip, uh, critical fail. Yeah, you lose your own balance and fall land prone. Oh, there was a tentacle that just popped up out of nowhere in third action. He's going to stand up. <laughs> you're slipping on the roots of, yeah. the, of, of everything. Uh, okay, you stand up, and you're going to get an AOO for right. sure, uh, because uh, standing up is a move action. Uh, and that is going to be a tentacle flying at you for a 28 to hit. That hits. And that's going to be 20 slashing damage. Okay. I always find it weird when a tentacle does slashing. It's supposed to bludgeoning. Barbed, it's probably. An odd choice. I guess so. It's essentially a whip. A whip doesn't do bludgeoning or piercing. It does slashing because it's scraping across the skin. 
Yeah, that's that's no, a whip is piercing. I think I could be wrong. That would be crazy. weird. That would be weird. Well, let's find out. Krug has got a whip in his inventory. I'm actually reminded uh, now. I'm now reminded of an episode we did in ET where we covered the Lucrata. Do you remember this, James? It was like because their teeth is their they don't have teeth. They just have like one solid piece of bone on the upper and lower parts of their jaw. And I was like, we need some sort of like different t- damage type for this. <laughs> it's like some kind of tear damage or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Whip does slashing. Okay. Uh, then I'm just crazy. All right, Krug, that's your turn. Tulak, what do you get? All right. First of all, Tulak will sustain and then will cast telekinetic projectile, flinging a stone at this son of a bitch. You always do the same thing, but I always love your enthusiasm. <laughs> that is okay, because I ain't doing nothing, because that was a natty one. Okay. You've gotten but in both directions. The uh, skeletal champion with shield not any raised any longer, I guess. We'll raise his shield again and then strike out with his long sword for a 28 to hit. That hits. For six points of slashing damage with a two on the die. Wee little bit extra, not too bad. Izori. This thing is flailing and screaming and is very unhappy. Izori's going to stride 10 feet, so she's kind of on the stairs. Hmm. And she will then cast Phase Bolt again because she's within range. That is an 18 to hit. Uh, that is a miss. Okay. I'll spend a hero point. Okay. That's a 17 to hit. So uh, <laughs> she's done. Also a miss. Uh, <laughs> the Urna Curse is going to uh, continue its flailing at being harried up close. And it's going to do... A storm of tentacles, and um, it is going to, uh, let's see here, um, attack both the Skeletal Champion and Krukka uh, before counting towards the uh, multiple attack penalty. Uh, Krukka, it's going to be 23 to hit. Nope. And then Skeletal Champion, 29 to hit. That's you, Scott. <laughs> That's a hit. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading. <laughs> Uh, is it a hit or is it a crit? What did he say it was? 29. That's a crit. Oh, <laughs> on the nice. dice. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Bad. Wait, hold on. How do shields work? <laughs> shield oh, yeah, your shield's raised. Your you get a plus two to your AC. Just a hit. <laughs> nice. Roller coaster. <laughs> After how many episodes of uh, working with a shield wielder? You've... How many times have I ever used one? Never. You've got... Uh, 18 slashing damage on the skeletal champion. Okay. And uh, I will need a I will need a will save from it. Coming up right now. 19. Uh, that's a fail. This is really I don't know, this is uh, debatable territory here as the mind lash affects the skeletal champion. And, I'm pretty uh, sure it's mindless. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Cuz it has the undead trait. But like it does have that. Sure, but the un- undead is not automatically making it mindless, and I don't, yeah, I don't of... believe there's anything in the minion or or uh, whatever traits um, uh, that yeah. actually indicate mindlessness either. I don't see anything on the character sheet that would indicate that it would be resisted or um... yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I think I think I'm I'm thinking I'm ruling it correctly. Uh, so uh, the skeletal champion is going to be stunned too. So the next time you sustain it, it's screwed. Anyway, uh, but it will still be up. 
Uh, you are both correct. It is my bias carrying over from every other RPG. They are yeah. immune to oh, death, yeah. disease, paralyzed, poison, and unconscious. And that was a common thing in like 1E and Starfinder as well. It was like an undead has yeah. these things, you know, and a construct has these things. Uh, they've kind of done away with that. Well, so the reason I thought it was mindless is because we have specifically said time and time again that these aren't knowledgeable undead. These, that's why he has to spend an action to control them. It's because they don't have conscious thought. That was just to make Lady Gilda feel better. Oh. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah, it is it is a weird one, with specifically with this spell, because it is animate dead as opposed to summon in a creature. You know, but it effectively works like a summon in a creature. Uh, it's, a, it's a weird, it's a weird window. I think um, that maybe probably should be better, better described by Paizo, because um, I'm with you, James. I, I kind of agree with that. Uh, regardless, uh, after that, um, we're going to just see. I think uh, another tentacle attack come out. Um, it's, let's see if it's going to be Kreka or the Skeletal Champion. It's going to be Skeletal Champion at a mat minus eight. 12 to hit. I assume that's a miss. Big miss. Krukka, you up. Krukka. Is Krukka still stupefied? Not that it really matters, but... Wait, how did Krukka go after Tulak? I didn't. Didn't the skeleton... Oh, okay. I see what happened. I, I, I'm just fucking stupid. <laughs> Welcome to uh, the club, I did, baby. I didn't yes. want to say it, but... <laughs> it's kind of our thing around here. Yeah. Just be over here shutting the fuck up. I'll be over here and noisily also being stupid. I'm going to trip this thing. Nat 20. <laughs> hey! Get That's a reversal. on the ground. That is a reversal. Okay, uh, natural 20 on the trip. What's the total? 34 total. Okay, that's going to be a crit. Uh, it falls prone and takes three bludgeoning damage as it hits the floor. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> Amazing. It is now uh, prone, which makes it flat-footed. Second action, he's going to uh, two-hand his butchering axe and bring it down on this crying, pathetic thing on the ground. Striking with a map minus five. Fifteen to hit. Uh, that's a miss. Uh, Even well prone. <laughs> Even well prone. Um, that's a turn, then. Uh, okay. Still, it's prone. That's uh, That could be a significant advantage here. Um... Tulak, what do you got? How injured does this thing look? Uh, it looks pretty rough. Yeah, you've 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 fucked it up pretty quick here. I think it took one or two hits before as well, and it hasn't had time to recover like you have. Uh, so, yeah, it's you're, you're taking be- bits and pieces off of it for sure. It's had time; it just didn't use it properly. <laughs> so Tulak is going to sustain the spell, knowing that. The uh, skeletal champion won't really be able to do anything, but uh, will be a meat shield. So sustain. And then now there's a little something, something I've been forgetting to do for probably the last like 60 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) So while you guys were healing, I was preparing agonizing despair spell level three. And so it is 60 feet range. Tulok begins to make some somatic and verbal. What? No, I'm just I'm just shaking my head, going, "What the fuck's oh, going he's on?" Freaking out. <laughs> okay. What the hell so is that? Tulok begins to, to use his hands and speak some words, and then all this 
uh, purple magic comes in his hands and then flies straight towards this creature. And I would like a will save, please. Ooh, shoes on the other foot. This seems this seems rude in for some reason. Uh, my lowest save, but it rolled really well. It's a thirty. Fuck. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so it's a family show. show. <laughs> it is not a family show. <laughs> Weird families that don't get along very well. <laughs> I know you're not talking about us, but it feels like you're talking about us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you take half damage. Uh, So you take nine points. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to figure out what type of damage. Of nine points of mental damage, and you become frightened one. But I guess you're already more than that. A perma-frightened two, so unless it says it increases the frightened condition... Uh, it won't affect it. No. I really was trying to get you to frighten three, but mm-hmm. he didn't critically fail. So, anyways, that's my turn. Okay. Fun little a little extra sneak peek into uh, how uh, Tulak works and how Scott doesn't know that. Uh, Izori, what can, what can you <laughs> give us? <laughs> uh, Izori's going to do the same thing. She's going to throw another phase bolt. It's a 33 to hit. Oh, that hits. Yep. That'll be 10 points of piercing. Uh, okay. And since she moved to the stairs last round, she is going to do a little little action I like to call take cover uh, behind the banister. Sure. Uh, sounds good. Not the sort of thing we've seen really at all. <laughs> this well, after using her a bunch, I've realized how squishy she actually is for a oh, pirate yeah. captain. So yeah. uh, <laughs> you're going to be seeing a lot more of the take cover action, I assure you. I'm into it. <laughs> All right, that's your turn. Uh, next up is Urna Curse again, uh, which is now uh, going to, from the prone position, continue to flail, and I think it's going to go ahead and try and fuck up Krukka's day. Deserves that. 23 to hit. No. Flat check. Uh, it misses anyway. 22 to hit. <laughs> I... I don't know if you know how the number line works. I was but. really hoping for a rend in this in this one. Uh, instead, I've got a 23, a 22, and a natural one. <laughs> so uh, I think you've just really surprised this creature. Uh, Krukka, can you finish the job? <laughs> oh, God, I hope so. Uh, 20 with the butchering axe. Uh, no, no. 13 with the victory axe. <laughs> you were rolling real bad. <laughs> what was that? That's a four and a natural two. <laughs> and a 12 with the butchering oh. axe. I just want to use my motherfucking bloodsucker beak, guys. <laughs> Why can't I use my bloodsucker beak? I finally tripped the thing. <laughs> Dulac, can you finish the job? You goddamn right I can. Probably not, though. <laughs> Tulak is going to sustain and then is going to cast Daze. That has 60 feet. Okay. <laughs> I've been trying to stay more than 30 feet away. <laughs> nice. Basic will save. Basic will save. Rolling in with a natural five of the die for a 19. You fail. You take. 19 points of mental damage. And this thing's brain just, like, he starts wriggling all over the place, and then just blood starts spewing from its eyes and whatever random orifices that are in its, like, warped flesh skin, and it just, like, 
flails everywhere and slumps to the floor as if it had a goddamn brain aneurysm. He seems at peace now. <laughs> and it goes down like a sack of wet potatoes. It was already down. <laughs> goes. It exploded like a sack of wet potatoes <laughs> in the microwave. It explodes like a sack of wet potatoes. <laughs> exactly. And combat done. Uh, anything in the viscera? Like well, well, Kruk is there. Does he like he's gonna start poking around the uh, the body? Is there anything of value there? Uh, not that you see. Yeah. Reminder for the room is that it's basically covered in like shackles and stuff all along the wall here. Like people, like mo- many people would have been chained to the to the north and west walls here. And uh, as you take a look around the room, um, oh, my macro for perception checks is fucking lost stop working just give us everything uh <laughs> uh yeah you start looking around and you you don't you don't see anything just uh old rotted bloodstains rusted chains and manacles and like uh no it is just called ball and shame <laughs> <laughs> okay well yeah that that's it that's what you get it seems a lot less worth it now <laughs> So just a reminder for yourselves and the listeners, you have these this sort of like strangely angled double set of stairs that head downward quite deeply, probably to the next level. And then to the south of this room uh, on the western side, there is a double door that leads south. Okay, if we can take 10 minutes to heal up from the slight lashing. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of... like. So we can go take on this pile of goo. Uh, in the arena, which is kind of where these two double doors, I think, are going to lead. I have some spells left, but I don't have any, like, big fuck you damage dealing spells. I have a bunch of, like, shit's not good um, (laughs) spells. (laughs) So I'm fine doing it. Just don't expect me to be crazy valuable. Because remember, she prepared her spells for a day's trip to Otari. Right, yeah, she hasn't actually prepared for the dungeon. Right. Uh, yeah, it's worth noting that uh, this is the first time we've seen a, a prepared spellcaster versus a spontaneous, which is what Tulak is. Uh, so, Azori has this pretty incredible list of spells, but has to prepare them in each slot beforehand to each day. I'm so spontaneous, I forget half my spells. <laughs> and Krakow is not being a spellcaster, and definitely Krakow and not Duncan doesn't know what any of that means and doesn't need and kind of needs it explained like a child. The intro banter has never been more appropriate <laughs> in any of our episodes than right now. Yeah. I feel like and that's uh, it's definitely an accident, but I love it. <laughs> I feel seen <laughs> and attacked. <laughs> okay. So like I'm I'm totally prepared to 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 go in and and give this a shot, but I will be keeping invisibility back in case we need to get the fuck out of dodge and by we I mean me. And by dodge I mean the arena. I'm just going to throw this out here. It doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. Why don't we just continue along, not attack it now? We can always come back for that fucker later. Yeah. It's not like mm. it's going to come slinking down the hallways. Like, so far, you went and, for whatever reason, tried to fight the Valshrak again. Then you fought some Shenrigal heaps. Then you fought some oozes. And then you fought this Urna curse and got your ass kicked and went back in again. I think you've earned a rest myself. Yeah. Well, I don't want oh, yeah. to rest yet. 
let, let me propose something to you guys then, because we've been chastised before about this, specifically today during the intro banter. What <laughs> I if I, I do invisibility and silence on Tulak, have him stealth into the room, get a good look at the creature so we can actually do some recall knowledges and maybe some research on it and spend the night doing research on, on the creature and recall knowledges? It's a terrible idea. Let's not do it. Uh, no, I mean. <laughs> kicks open the door, flaming axe in hand. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, it's in the arena. We still have a few rooms before we get there. I, me thinks. Yeah, you're probably right, but I'm prepared for this just to be one long ass hallway because I've been on this dungeon dive. Well, let's yep. find out. Tulok storms towards the door, saddened by what's happened in this room, and opens it without care. <laughs> and James is correct. It's a fucking long ass hallway, albeit there are doors at the far end, mm-hmm. not to the arena. Yeah, so it's a long ass 10, 10 foot wide hallway that does, in fact, hook to the east to the arena floor, as you would expect. However, a little bit farther to the south, there are another set of double doors. One All would right. probably assume that it contains another prison cell like thing that they send people down. I don't know. Well, so we've seen the prison cell, uh, or they, they come essentially are paraded out of the flesh warping labs. Um, I would imagine that this is probably where they house their champions. So this might just be stairs downward, realistically, because we know that the proving grounds are below, I think, or something like that. Because uh, they have yes, to have champions. Yeah. It's an arena. So they, they've, mm-hmm. they've got to come from somewhere. So I'm not going to bet a hero point that that's just a set of stairs downward, but I would not be shocked. Tulak will proceed down the hallway, searching for traps as he goes. Izori will follow ten feet behind, avoiding notice. Krakow would like to follow, thoroughly searching for uh, hidden doors. One dude just stamping on the ground, one dude just banging on the walls, and this this woman just <laughs> miming her way down the hall in between them. <laughs> meanwhile, Stop. meanwhile with all the noise, Tulak's trying to avoid notice, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't think that blob has ears. But as you, so as you're traveling down this hallway and you're taking, uh, trying to look around at your uh, respective, um, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. You're trying to do your respective <laughs> exploration activities. Um, Tulak, you hear uh, over your head. And I look up. You see nothing. I just stop. I roll some sort of knowledge check. <laughs> and I put my hand in the air in a clenched fist to let everyone know to stop. Oh. And then I, Dokey. with a palm towards the ground, motion downwards for everyone to take a knee. We're doing Navy SEAL stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can Izori seek while he's doing that? Dari SEALs. Yeah, you want to take the seek action? It's not a downtime. It's like a single in combat action traditionally. I guess search. Uh, Yeah, search is the action that you do a seek action. Yeah, okay. So she'll she'll crouch down at Tulak's gesturing and and search. Okay. All right, so uh, you do a search around. Everyone drops to a knee, looks around, doesn't see a thing. You don't even hear it. Can I make a roll on this? Recall knowledge. Have I ever heard this sound before? Uh, yeah, okay. This uh, this is a tough one, actually. Have you heard this sound before? 
I'm gonna Duffy, taste the air. <laughs> oh please, Lick no, that sound. not on this level, sir. Please, <laughs> you Do never acid. know what you never know what's been and on the balls. Look at that sound. Oh, no. What was the name of that fly devil that we that we beat the shit out of and then let go? Oh, and then he got murdered by the devil. Yeah, they got the cleaning fly. Uh, the uh, the type of creature uh, would have been called a zebub. Zebub, thank you. Zebub. Name of him, I forget. I'm gonna see if I can find it because I love the names for those creatures. Nasty boy. Uh, his name was Zoslerin. I don't know if I had that in my notes. Bless you. Does it sound <laughs> like that? You know what? Yes, it sounds exactly like that. It sounds like an overgrown fly. It reminds Tulak of two things. One, the Zebub, but it also reminds me of the giant flies that you found on the surface that were really dangerous. That popped into that horse's corpse, I think it was. What about, like, midsummer evenings walking through fields of wildflowers? No, because these are, it's way nice bigger than a fly. It's way bigger than a fly. Like, it's the size of you kind of size of a, of a buzzing sound, and it kind of All right, well, sorry for you. trying to add a little happiness to yeah, the story. Yeah, no, there's no happiness in the Abomination Vault, Scott. You should know that by now. <laughs> Okay, so what can I roll on this thing? Um, honestly, what I was going to get a roll for, I've just given to you. It's an It sounds like an oversized fly, and it's familiar. And can I tell if it's coming? Can I use, like, or can someone use, like, a survival to tell where, where it's coming from? I tried with the seek. The problem is that it, it buzzed, and then it stopped. So you don't, as soon as you heard it, it stopped, and you're not quite detect sure magic. Where, where it came from. Uh, sure, detect magic. Um, and you, um, you do detect some magic. Tell me where and what type. Illusion magic. He's invisible. Where is he? Tell me to the five foot square, please. <laughs> As I am heightened. You are heightened, but this also, if I recall correctly, requires you to make a, uh, seek check of your own, um, in order to pinpoint the square. Uh, I could be wrong about that. But uh, you are. Am I? Because it's a, acts as an impre- imprecise sense, I believe. The the detect magic. I was looking at yes. this the other day. It just gives me the square, and then I to tell exactly where it is. I gotta. Oh, okay. It gives you the square, but you can't. You still can't just like automatically observe it. Yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, it is. Right above your head. Okay. Tulak is going to cast. Is it happy? Is it a friend? Probably not. Tulok is going to cast telekinetic projectile, and I'll roll whatever flat check you need. <laughs> Just okay. start blasting. Uh, roll me a flat check, and I believe it's a DC 11. If it's hidden, that is correct. Natural 20. <laughs> What's roll, up? Me, roll me an attack What's up roll. Now? 24 to hit. That's a hit. Roll for initiative. Nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Well, you can start with 20 points of Damagio bludgeoning, if you please. Is there a case to be made for stealth as initiative? Um, I, I'm totally cool with the answer being no, because it clearly knows where we are. Uh, I think because what, what were you? You were just you were seeking as you were coming through, right? She was avoiding notice until they crouched, and then she was seeking. Okay, but if you were avoiding notice, then I, I, I'm cool with it. You did go to seek, but I think it's I'm cool with it. Go ahead. I was thoroughly searching. Can I take a plus one? Uh, no. 
<laughs> I just never do this stuff. I don't want to be involved. You know. All right, we're rolling for initiative. Uh, Zori, what do you got? 27 with that stealth that you so benevolently granted me. Benevolently. Uh, <laughs> too luck. <laughs> it's just rude. Um, I rolled with occultism because I'm slinging stones around, and that's a 25. Uh, okay, and Krukka? I rolled poorly just despite your saying no to me earlier and got an 18. Nice. I love that kind of spite. Uh, top of the... Uh, order is going to be the thing that just got hit. What, how much for damage was it? 20 points of damage? That's right, baby. You just hear this. You just throw this stone up in the air, and it just hits a... And you're like, ah! It's like, Bleh! get out here! We have intruders! Uh, and this Zebub uh, appears above you as it flies down onto you and tries to bite you uh, Tulak uh, with a 24 with its mandibles that is a meat to beat uh, and you are going to take 16 piercing damage or uh, piercing and evil damage and I need you to roll me a fortitude save I will once my math is done now now 31 uh, oh, you good, you good. Um, and uh, then this creature is going to fly away from you towards the double doors. Is Zori, what you got? Zori's first two actions will be to cast silence on the Zebub if it is, in fact, within range. Uh, what's your range on that? Trying to figure it out. 25 is what I've got. Range is touch. Range is touch. That's not going to do it. <laughs> uh, she doesn't know what this thing is, so first action will be to recall knowledge. Okay. Uh, that's going to be a religion. Oh, no. Lore. Sailing lore? <laughs> These things found in the high seas? <laughs> Certainly are not. <laughs> I, I rolled religion. This, uh, for the listeners... They might remember that my modifier for this is uh, zero. <laughs> Pause for effect. <laughs> uh, Eleven. No, not going to do it. Cut. Their next two actions, she will... Checking range. Spellcasters are hard. Phase bolt. <laughs> Phase bolt, go. That's a 30 to hit. Uh, that's a crit. Oh, that will be 17 times 2. 30, 34 damage. Okay, you you basically shoot this bolt, and it just as it's trying to fly to this door, you just basically for a brief moment pin it to the door with this phase bolt, and and it just goes right through it, and then it flops to the ground in a disgusting mess. They look like little cherubs with like weird bee faces and long tongues, right? Uh, yep. Yeah. They look a bit like this. Ugh. Uh, what do you got, Tulak? Oh. I guess I still have... Wait. Tulak will stride south. Okay. Heading to the door. Open door. Open door. Okay. You open the door to reveal uh, a um, a room with stone walls uh, that appear to be glistening in blood. There's an iron maid that stands in one corner at the far uh, southeast. Uh, in another corner, a metal table bristling with nails. 
and uh, you see before you a uh, familiar Barbazu uh, devil getting its weapon ready at the call to action, and another Zebub float, uh, flying right next to him. I thought Barbazu devils hated Zebubs. That's true. Okay. Uh, and then Tulok will retreat back to the north and step around the corner and say, <laughs> there's two enemies in there. Prepare yourselves. Okay. Crook up. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said, I guess all that thinking makes me angry. And he's going to find a rage. <laughs> oh, how brave are we feeling here? Because... Just bust brave, into that room. Brave, oh, brave. brave. Okay. Yep. Sudden charging his way right into the room. If this is in fact Corlock, we still have their contract. I don't know if that means anything, but you no, you gave the Cor- the contract to Corlock, and he found out he found the loophole in his contract and found it that it was null and void. So he left. As far as you know, I feel like it's not him. It's just another type of devil. The same. Okay. Uh, it is in Tulak's inventory. The the contract. So okay. I mean, uh, Corlock didn't have necessarily have to keep time. it. Just saying that he put it to use. Okay. All right, what do you got there, Dunk? Okay, sudden charging into the room. Let's okay. see what we got here. Krakow's <laughs> just going in for a charge. I uh, would like to go for the the bug because he knows that that's what we're, we're fighting already. Okay. So he's just going to go to the north of the Corlock uh, and strike with a bunch the of The Barbazu? It's not a Corlock. Don't listen to James. Corlock <laughs> um, was its name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like how I call all, like, big muscly dudes Conans. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. A 23 to hit. Sorry, quick thing. Uh, you charge into the room, um, uh, but it is going to trigger an attack of opportunity as the Barbazu has reach. So it's going to swing its glaive at you for a 28 to hit. Okay, that hits. That hits, okay. Uh, you are going to take 15 damage, which includes uh, evil damage, and it slices you open, uh, and you're going to take some uh, persistent bleed as well at the end of your turn. Uh, but go ahead okay. and finish what you're doing. Uh, I'm going to swat a fly for a 23 to hit. Uh, 23 to hit. That hits, yep. 25 damage, Age of Witcher Fire. Uh, okay, yep. Takes a big ol' hit, uh, but does not seem to be affected by the fire, and is, in fact, a bit resistant to your physical damage, too. Okay, so he will, uh, run in there screaming, and then there will be a, when he gets hit, and then a, when he he hits (laughs) (laughs) And that's about it. Well, that was roller coaster promotions. (laughs) All right, that's your turn. Barbazu's up, and it's going to... Uh, it's going to come at you, Krukka, and you might regret this. Um, oh, sorry, uh, roll me a flat check for your uh, bleed. Eight. No dice you are going to take. Uh, ooh, max damage, six uh, bleed damage, which I just applied. It seems a lot worse than said. The uh, Barbazu is going to attack you with its wriggling beard. Uh, these wriggling tentacles come at you as it like just puts its face in you. Goes, 
you fool. And I need you to... Oh, no, sorry. I'm going to roll here. It's a 29 to hit. Uh, that hits. All right, and it's, this thing is going to puncture your face for nine piercing damage, and I need you to roll me a fortitude save. 17. Uh, 17. Okay. That's it for that attack. Is that and, a success, or...? Uh, you don't know. Because <laughs> I just want to remind you, uh, success would be a critical success. Uh, okay, in that case, it is not a success. It is a fail. You are now going to be uh, attacked by its Hellforged Glaive. Uh, it's going to swing at you with a 25 to hit. Oof. Just beats me. Okay, yep. Okay, uh, that's uh, 19 damage. Okay. And it's going to come at you with uh, another attack with the same glaive for 26 to hit. That hits. And that's going to be 25 more damage. Yeah, that was a big turn. Yep. Krukka is looking real bad. Real bad. That was three attacks. That was three attacks. The wriggling beard, once per round, does, it completely ignores the multiple attack penalty. Son Just throwing that out there. Next up is going to be the Zebub that's in the room. And it is going to spend its actions casting a spell uh, that does have the manipulate trait. If you want to take an attack of opportunity there, Krukka. Uh, what if I could? Uh, okay, you can't. Okay. Um, can you not? Do you, oh, you don't have it. Shit. Thanks for rubbing that in. Little, <laughs> but, okay. Uh, was Gilda. That was Gilda. Okay. And, um... What happened there, by the way? Oh, no. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about my own situation right now and, uh, the, the somewhat similarities that I'm seeing. Yeah. Too. Uh, suddenly a, uh... It's just casting a spell and suddenly a swarm of rats just conjure up into the hallway uh, and start oh, running no. down the hallway uh, towards uh, Tulak and Azori. Um, I think they're going to head for Azori and just start swarming you uh, with bites. Can you roll me a basic reflex save, please? 29. That's a critical success. You you are you are staving them off real quick already. You're probably used to all the damn wharf rats on the deck of your ship. Uh, <laughs> um, it is your turn, Azori. Is does it count as difficult terrain to move through the swarm? No, I don't believe so. Okay, so she will stride twenty-five feet with her first action. Okay, and with her second action, she's going to peer at this devil holding Krukka. Whisper, like, pull, reach her hand into her material pouch, pull out this gilded dust, whisper into it, and just puff it into the air and it settles over the 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 barbazu yeah as she casts a little spell called impending doom <laughs> okay <Ooh. laughs> all right okay so uh, first and foremost this does have the incapacitation trait so if it okay. is level six or higher mm-hmm. uh it cre- it treats its dcs as one step lower uh, okay. sorry the incapacitation trait yeah so do I have to roll a will save on this or something? Yeah, it's a will save. Okay. Yeah. So if I'm six or higher, I, I, I increase my degree of success, basically. Yep, exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, 21 is my roll. Okay. 21 Which... is a fail. Okay. It's a fail. Okay. So you're immediately nice. flat-footed. Immediately flat-footed. Okay. 
<laughs> and then <laughs> next round, you become frightened two. And then on the third round, you are stunned one, and you will take 24 points of damage. Okay, but that's not until the third w- round. Okay, we gotta wait. Yeah. Okay, so right now, just flat-footed. Just flat-footed. Okay. Tulak, can you save your companion here? <laughs> uh, Tulak will step out from where he was standing, uh, head down to beside Azori. Mm, cancel that. Northwest of Azori, so he can see through into the room, and is just gonna go back to the old stomping grounds of the telekinetic projectile. Okay. And who are you talking And is going to fling a stone at at the devil. Fuck it. The Barbazu? Flinging stones at the devil. Write a folk song about that. 22 one, but... to hit, though. I don't like that. That hits. Oh, love that then. 17 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. And Kraka, you are you're in real rough shape and bleeding. Yep, that's what you want. Kraka, get back here! Two action ring of the ram, DC 22, fortitude save from the Barbazu, please. Barbazu, fortitude save. 29. So, knocked back five feet. Okay. And takes four force damage. Uh, and four force damage, okay. And third action, 25 feet of movement back behind Azori. Okay. <laughs> cool. You take five bleed and roll me a recovery check. Come on, baby. 15. Success. Uh, sadly, it's not a success because you have been hit by an infernal wound, which means your flat check is currently... 20. Well, what? You heard me. So Krukka is in mad danger. However, what I will tell you is that um, you can administer first aid. Uh, The DC for that is also increased, uh, but that will help reduce the flat check to a DC 15 if you take two actions. actions. That's your turn, Krukka? That's the turn. Okay. Things are looking hairy, and the Barbazu is going to storm forward towards Azori. Okay, you are frightened too. Uh, okay, we got to figure out how the rounds work on that first. It just says on the second round, so I assumed when it ticked to the second round. But if you want to rule it, that's my turn. That's cool too. Yeah, the second round would be your turn, I think. Okay. That way, it basically it has to spend one one turn of its own with the initial conditions, and then the next turn has to spend a full turn with the next the set of conditions, so on and so forth. Um, okay. But it doesn't doesn't compound before it uh, it has a turn with the the previous condition, uh, so it's gonna yeah it's gonna run up to you, Izori. Uh, in fact, it's gonna it's not gonna get right up to you because it has uh, this awesome glaive with reach, and it's going to swing that glaive for a twenty three to hit. Not great. Nope. And we'll take a second attack with that with a thirty to hit. That's a hit. Yep. Okay. Uh, and that's going to be 17 damage. Okay. And some sweet, sweet infernal wound bleed on you as well, my friend. Okay. That is going to be the Barbazu. The Zebub is going to sustain its spell, and it's going to move that swarm into all of your spaces. Uh, and I need everyone to roll me a reflex save. 14. Uh, 14. Krukka, you're going to take 5 piercing damage. 
Okay. Not looking great. Uh, well, we got 25. Um, that's going to put you at two piercing damage for Azori. And would you get two luck? 29. Uh, you're good. You're good, two luck. And then the Zebub is going to... Hmm. The hell can it do? That was one action. Uh, it's going to turn invisible. Casting invisibility on itself. Azori, you're up. We already know this thing has AOOs, right? So that sucks. Uh, okay, she will stride out of its reach with her first action. Uh, taking it if that's the case. Yep. Attack of opportunity. Yep. 26 to hit. That's a hit. That's 15 damage. Okay. And then with her next two actions, she is going to wave her hand very quickly at the Barbazu, and it starts to slow down and create these trails as she casts slow on this creature. So that will uh, require a fortitude save, please. And you are, in fact, frightened too at this point because it's my turn. Frightened too. Uh, Where is the frightened condition? There it is. Uh, Frightened two and fortitude save. 24. 24 is a fail. You are slow (laughs) for one minute now. Fuck yes. Oh, that frightened was clutch. Oh my god. Uh, I can slowed uh, one, sorry. Slowed one for one minute, yes. For one minute. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, success is slowed for one round. Oh. Man, oh, that was that's so clutch. Okay, that's you, uh, two lock money, baby. Uh, I need a recovery check. Oh yeah, which recovery is check, please. Hey, okay, uh, that's a fail. You take uh, two uh, bleed damage. Okay, now her turn's over. Okay, all right. Two lock will reach out and touch Kraka and use the healer's gloves for sixteen points of healing. Thank you. And then Tulak will turn to the Barbazu and will cast Blindness. <laughs> so, just stacking them up. Fortitude save, please, Sa. Again, incapacitation trait, we which we which we really failed majorly the last time we used this in the significant situation. Uh, but we know that it is less than level six, so I think we're in That's the clear. Right. That's right. But I rolled a 28. Okay, so that is a pass or a success. So you are blinded until your next turn begins. Okay. Shit. Which is not Which very Which is coming helpful. up soon. Yeah, but nope, it makes it okay. flat-footed to you right now. That's the, that's the key. It's already that's flat-footed. The... Right, never mind. <laughs> Impending doom. <laughs> Impending doom is so cool. <laughs> uh, I've been waiting for this spell, so. <laughs> okay. Anything else there? No, that's it. Healer's clubs. Cast a spell. That's it for me. Krucka. You looking rough, bud. Uh, yeah. I think it would be a two-action first aid to stop from dying. Yeah, it would change the DC from 20 to 15. Yeah, that's that's what you're looking yeah, at. That's, yeah, and potentially stop from dying. Uh, and, and I need that. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I can do it with my nature? Uh, yes, you can. 
20, so... Oh, yeah, I mean, 20 is exactly what you need, basically, because you have to usually usually meet the DC of the effect. There isn't really one other than the flat check DC, so I, that's where I was setting it was 20. So that's bang on. Perfect. Okay, and then, yeah, so your flat check is now 15 at the end of your turn. Fingers crossed. But you have one more action? Yep. Bearing in mind, you'd have to take your hand, one hand off the axe to do that. Yeah, I mean, free action, it'll, it'll do that. Yeah. Um, uh, what do you think, guys? Uh, book it? Fail? <laughs> Maybe let's not be here anymore? I mean, I think we're winning, but I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Or you at least pull back and start throwing some shit at them. Yeah, I'm not doing great either. I'm down to half health, but I'm I'm Amblin. squishy, squishy spellcaster. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I mean, he does have the orc ferocity that he can just kind of play whack-a-mole with for a while. Mm. So uh, he'll draw his returning light hammer. Okay. Draws the hammer. That's a turn. Barbazu is up. Wait, hold on. Duncan, do you want to move and then draw the light hammer next turn, or are you feeling okay right there? I mean, how many hits can the casters take, really? More than you right now. <laughs> More than me, but if I, if I can just work ferocity as long as I don't keep... Yeah, don't that's know. true. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. It's your gamble to take. You taking it? Well, taking it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the Barbazu is going to quite literally blindly run forward. Oh, no, it's the start of the next turn, so it's not blind anymore, yeah, right? Yeah, it's okay. fine. And is going to swing that glaive. It's going to get right up in your goodies, though, and not have not with that reach anymore. And it's going to swing at, let's see, it's either going to be uh, Tulak or uh, Krekka. Um, and it's going to be, it's actually going to be Tulak. Oh, sorry, uh, Krekka, you take one persistent damage. Roll me your, roll me your DC 15 flat check. Well, it was a nice effort. Brutal. Aw. Closer. 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 Okay. Big ol' Hellforged Glaive coming at you there, Tulak. Uh, that's a natural one, as it stumbles into this swarming mass of rats trying nice. to swing at you. I'll take that, baby. It'll go for a second swing. It is slowed, motherfucker. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, I just baby. rolled a natural 20. <laughs> Yeah, just wasted it. <laughs> you put that back in the bag. Okay. When it since it turns over, I require a DC oh, no. twenty will save, please. Oh no! Hmm. Uh, you roll for sucking it, Baron. How's a twelve do you? <laughs> uh, your frightened condition does not tick down because of my lesser dread explorer's clothing. <laughs> God damn. That's amazing. Let me just double check. He's actually not immune to frightened. No, he's not. Okay. <laughs> Imagine. Uh, next up, uh, the rats start a biting. I need everyone, including the Barbazu, to roll me another uh, reflex save. 15. 23. Okay. So 15 is going to take six uh, piercing. 23 is going to take three. And Barbazu. With the Barbazu roll, 24 also going to take three. For the listeners, I'm not in the square. Yes, thank you. Uh, and the um, you can hear the Zebub start to like say something in. Uh, I think uh, I think someone speaks Infernal. Yep. And you just hear. Yep. 
I'm gonna let the boss know. He'll sort this out. As these rats are just like biting at everybody, biting at everybody's ankles, and then something just fizzle out of existence, and the Barbazu's just standing there with um, the, uh, with, that's, he's frightened, flat-footed, and I assume we took down on the last impending part of uh, Doom, and it's Azori's turn. It's actually the end of the third round. You will take okay. uh, the damage that I rolled, which All right. I don't remember what it is anymore, because like a fool, I rolled it. Ah, uh, we can roll it 24. Again. It's 24 okay. damage. Sure. Um, with her first action, she is going to pull out her Wayfinder of Rescue and use its once-per-day ability to cast a single-action heal on Krukka. Okay. <laughs> so that will be eight points of health back to Krukka. Cool. Thank you. And with her next two actions, uh, she'll she'll go back to the well with a phase bolt. Phase bolt, go. 19. Hit. Again with fright. Really? Oh, shit. <laughs> with fright. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> and flat-footed. That is 14 oh points of piercing. <laughs> I forgot. Those things, those compound, too, right? The You're goddamn and right the they do. Yeah. Oh, hey. damn. 14 damage. Uh, yep. Uh, it's piercing. Uh, some of it's resisted because it does have physical resistance. Okay. It's not a physical attack, but it is... Oh, physical damage. It is piercing it. damage, yeah. And uh, and it's not overcome by magic, so it's, it's silver in this case. And now it ticks. If yeah, uh, well, the end of the third round. So it would be the end of this. I guess it would be the end of my turn, yeah, because that's how we've been ruling it. So, yeah, it'll be 24 points of damage. I okay. cannot find what kind of damage that is. Uh, uh, mental okay. damage. Mental damage. 66 Sweet. mental. Yeah. Uh, and uh, thank goodness we have Cam on our side because uh, you cast a spell and I have the reach. Uh, I'm going to take an attack opportunity on you. <laughs> uh, but uh, with Okay, I'm going to take cover. cover. Yeah. Yeah. It is with, uh, oh, you get a plus one to your AC on this. Ah, 16 to hit. Yeah, I'm screwed. Yeah, that's not going to do it. 24 uh, mental damage, you said? Yeah, 24. And then I believe okay. uh, the flat-footed goes away, because this only actually lasts for three rounds. Okay. This creature just, like, kind of, its head just snaps a bit at the a sudden mental damage that hits it, and it's, like, starting to stagger, and it looks real rough. Real rough, and its stats, uh, status effects fall off except for slowed. Zori, you take frightened one won't fall off because of her lesser dread. Oh yeah, frightened won't fall off. <laughs> so that is a that is a DC twenty. That's beautiful. I have to roll that right now. At the end of its turn, I think. Uh, or yeah, May, I don't know. I, I guess that's really up to you. Creature is immediately flat-footed on the second round. It becomes frightened too. So I guess it would tick down when frightened normally ticks down. Which is at the end of its turn. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, fact, sorry. I'm, you I'm, were supposed to be stunned one on this round. My bad. And not take the mental damage? Or do both? At the end uh, at the end of this turn, you would take the, the mental damage, but you were stunned one on the third round. So you were stunned one this whole round as well. Uh, okay. So I, the mental damage and stunned. <laughs> yeah. Brighton two. Slowed. Stunned. And flat-footed. Flat. <laughs> Just going to throw flat that flat all flat. back on this creature. <laughs> My bad. Uh, so again, you take one persistent flea damage. Please roll me a flat check. Four. All right. Uh, and uh, Tulak, you're up. All right. Tulak is going to begin 
uttering words that no one would understand <laughs> and cast aberrant whispers. So I require from you a will save. Will save. Coming in hot with a natural 7 for a 16. Alrighty, that is going to be a fail. Not a critical fail. So you are stupefied too. Okay, stupefied too. And then that is one action, and then I will cast Telekinetic Projectile, flinging a stone at you. 31 to hit. Uh, that's a crit. <laughs> I was hoping it would describe be. Describe your kill. <laughs> nice. It's got, it's got three HP yeah. left. <laughs> yeah, he just fucking reaches out and just pulls a stone from the ceiling directly down and caves its stupid devil skull in. <laughs> oh, Hail Satan. That was a good move because its next attempt was going to be to dimension the door the fuck out of here, but you killed it and you had stupefied it just in case you missed uh, and it might not have succeeded. And that ends the encounter, but it does not end the dangers of people bleeding out and we'll figure that out uh, in the next episode. So I'm going to call it here. You! <laughs> Nicely done. Finally finding our synergy. Yeah, that was great. Stemming the Tide is an actual play podcast of the Adventure Path Abomination Vaults and is produced by the Uncharted North Network. Stemming the Tide uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc., used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Stemming the Tide is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Music is composed by Will Savino and artwork by Greyhood. Stemming the Tide is recorded remotely using Foundry Virtual Tabletop. If you wish to connect with us or support this project and projects to come, we can be found at unchartednorth.ca, patreon.com slash unchartednorth, and on all major social media platforms. Links to all credits can be found in the episode description and our website. Thanks for tuning in.